0: you're listening to the modern web podcast for more podcasts videos and events find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on twitter at modern.web that's m-o-d-e-r-n-d-o-t-w-e-b hello everybody and welcome to this special episode of the modern web podcast i'm so excited here today we are at connect tech my name is tracy you can follow me on twitter at LadyLeet, and i am joined by my amazing co-host jesse
1: you can find me on Twitter at jtomchak, J-T-O-M-C-H-A-K. I am amazing, as she said. I am a software architect at this dot, and am happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and we're so excited because we have a special guest and one of the speakers at Connect Tech today, Jessica.
2: Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, you can also find me on Twitter and Mastodon. Um, <laughs> you laughing. No, I don't have a
1: Mastodon handle, and I, someone asked me about it, and I was like, I don't have one. Oh, shit.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so, at, je- at underscore Jessica Sachs, S-A-C-H-S. Um, I'm sure all of the handles will be linked in whatever. Yeah. In the show part. notes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And what are we talking about today, Tracy? Well,
0: you are giving an amazing talk here at Connect Deck. How is it for you? Like, how is this conference? Is it... How is it getting back into the conference scene?
2: Getting back into the conference scene is... Really nice. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> it's like I missed, friends, friends. I know. I missed everyone. A lot of people don't know this, but I've never actually been a devrel. Like uh-huh. it's never been my job. I just miss people.
0: Yes. So yes, much.
2: Yes. So I came from View Toronto, and now I'm at Connect Tech. And next week I will be at Modern Frontends. Love wow. it. That yeah. is like
1: all my conferencing it Toronto once.
2: to Atlanta That's to intense. London yeah my boss is being very generous that is great. <laughs> um,
1: this is yeah. my first conference in since since uh the thing and everyone is so lit up in the hallways yeah and we're so bright and cheery and like making eye contact and like happy to, like their body language is just absorbing we're free the people <laughs> yes. it's so amazing to see it's like Usually I, I get tired of these things, but I feel, like, amped up by just everyone's being super excited. Like, more than
2: usual. Do it's you get that sense? No. Oh, it really is YouTube. <laughs> and caffeinated. And, caffeinated. and caffeinated. Highly caffeinated. <laughs> yeah. So we can talk about whatever you want. We can talk yeah. about Cypress. We can talk about my talk. We can talk yes. about the test. View. Yes.
1: Well, let's talk about view migrations, because everyone seems to be really trying to get from view two to view three. And it seems... Mm-hmm. Gargantuan, like Casimis, like it, I, I get the feeling because I'm only so, like, looking. like
0: Angular JS to
2: Angular? Right, it, like, I same,
1: only look from the outside, but. so I've I have this out view experience. Really? That, like I've heard that before. it's oh, easier to just bail on view than it is to migrate to three. And oh, so, like, is that true?
2: No. God okay. No. Um, we've, it depends on where you are in your code base. So there are some people that adopted the Composition API way early on with 2.6, like the company I'm currently at, PathAI. So I left Cypress, I'm at a company called PathAI. They were early adopters of the Composition API and needed to use it with a plugin. So To get it working in 2.6. To get it working in 2.6. And people who were really hungry for TypeScript did this, because they wanted the TypeScript. I'd be one of those safety. people. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I really love TypeScript. And so the problem is that Vue 2.7 and Vue 3 kind of made Vue better. And we really leaned into it on the Vue side because the type safety was just so much better. And so people are kind of holding off on doing the options API to composition API migration until they got to Vue 2.7, which was released six seven eight weeks ago maybe like fact check me please okay so
1: fairly recently
2: yeah and so view 2.7 what it really brings is the new compiler that supports script setup and all of the macros that allow you to write first party type safe code and everybody is going view 2.7 or straight to view 3 depending on Mm. how big the apps are interesting yeah so the compiler, the compiler architecture from like view template compiler to view SFC, compi- or compile SFC, though that big package change is really the guts of, uh, of what makes it difficult. And then you layer Vite on top of it and it gets more it gets a little exciting. Hairy.
1: Yeah, I'm like trying to keep these straight in my head. So 2.7 and 3 are going to use the same SFC compiler.
2: Yeah. And
1: then Vite on top is only introduced in 2.7 and 3, or Vite goes back further. You
2: can use veet with anything. Okay. So you can use Vite with 2.6. Six. You can use V with 2.7 and 3. So there's so many choices. And there's no single approach, mm. and that can be really difficult for people. It
1: sounds like a matrix of like follow the chart. Like, are you one two six? Do you have these things? Like, follow the graph. So, like, are you, have you experienced this personally? Are you like you working yeah. through that at, at Path AI? What you guys, what'd you guys pick?
2: Yeah. as a group. So I did a lot of experiments when I first joined. I did a lot of experiments and found that the pathway forward for us was vet first. Then vtest test in a follow up PR. Okay. Then Vue 27 seven. So we went from an ejected Webpack config. We weren't even on Vue CLI. We were on an ejected multi-page app Webpack config built by backend engineers.
1: So like, sorry for you already. Really,
2: really the pain worst on case your scenario. Face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's a really like. Elaborate. Probably the That's a fun only challenge. It was it was yeah. fun. Um but the the, wor- the <laughs> but worst the <I> <laughs> worst case scenario, the only thing that would be worse is if it wasn't all client side. So if we had like SSR in there oh, somewhere yeah. like that would have made it gnarly. Or if we had a very large library we were depending on um
1: that just dragged down all those pages and chunks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would have made it worse. Um so we had an injected webpack config. We were like, "Okay, let's go to Vite first shake out all the issues with going VEAT first, and then let's do Vue 2.7, which actually isn't hard uh, if you only have one app. If you're a large enterprise with multiple layers um, of applications built on top of libraries, built on top of a design system, you kind of have to get everybody over to the new compiler at once.
1: Sort of all in one chunk? You can't do it piecemeal. It's got to be a... That's a hard the same one.
0: All. Wow. Everybody That's like, a, will that ever, ever happen? Yeah. So, reader, this reader out there. Spe- not, not speakers. Listeners. What are they called? Listeners. Listeners. Listeners out there, have you ever done this? Have you ever been successful trying to get like ten teams to? Move? Has anyone
1: ever been successful in getting ten teams to move in the right direction?
0: <laughs>
2: we have a guild now. We formed a guild. Oh fun my gosh! And guild. Yeah. And it's it's been nice. So yeah. we're we're organized right now. Um, we are organized together into a front-end working group guild, and it's in our OKRs nice. to move over to veet uh, nice. We've had a few code bases successfully move over. We have, I think, eight to 10 to do in total. We're going to leave some of them that don't get any feature updates because mm-hmm. it's not worth it. And the ones that matter are migrating over. Amazing. Yeah, VTest has been a really easy transition from From Jest. Yeah, well because
1: the the APIs and stuff mirror across like fairly one, it's not a perfect one-to-one matching but the language and the linguistics and the sort of like uh, thought pattern is the same, is that?
2: Yeah, the matchers are the same and the environment is the same. So JS Dom and um, Jasmine style matchers. And chai style matchers. So if you are using chai with the dots, I, I call it dots versus camels. Yep. Um, so if you're using the dots, you're fine. If you're using camel case, jasmine style, you're fine. The only thing that's different is the mocking layer. Is you know it has a it's vi dot function instead of like just dot function J- or whatever. Yeah.
1: J-N. I feel like with with just twenty seven and twenty eight and then beat test like. Are we drag and then uh, test library like how many matching matcher patterns have we dragged from the late two thousands? Because I like I'll open the query page and it's like seventeen pages of like possible matchers. I'm like, dude, are we just? Is it so easy to just like let them all be there that like which ones am I going to use? Like which ones does the project use? Do you like these ones or these ones? And just like. Look, I just need to find this text in this page and I don't care. Selectors,
2: yeah. Yeah. Everybody is really, I I think, converging on testing libraries' patterns because they're accessibility first. You know, Ken C. Dodds has had, you know, capital O opinions that are really substantial and backed, and a blog that explains. Every reasoning. single reason. Yeah. Yeah. I and,
1: like the ones where I can get the reason behind it. It's like, okay, not only is this the, what he's choosing, this is why, and I can agree with the fundamentals and, and get on board.
2: Yeah. Even, and so Playwright adopted uh, First Class, they worked with with Dodds to have a testing library-inspired API, and it was some, something I pitched at Cypress two years ago, and it is possible to do all the same things that testing library does. Uh, And there is a Cypress testing library that I use extensively in all of my projects, but I wanted it to be first class, and we never followed through with it yet, yet. (laughs) But uh, I think that's the way to go, is accessibility first queries. If you open up the testing library docs, there is a query priority section very close to the top. And when I teach workshops... I link that as the source of truth.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. Priority list would be is something that like I thirst for, look for, or like which one, which one do I use? There should be like a conical list of
2: priorities. there is, and that's in the testing library docs. It's like um, the number one is things that are perceivable by screen readers. It's that already the in the page, one. right? Mm-hmm.
1: That's already in the page. That should already be in the page. Yes,
2: uh, like aria text, get by text, things that people can literally see. And at the bottom, at the you know number four on the list is data test id, and they don't even mention any other selector. They don't. They don't talk about classes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I know. It's like it pretend that they don't even <laughs> exist. To, like, make sure the bad stuff. You just don't talk about it. <laughs> um, people learn the good patterns.
1: Yeah it's like why am I pulling this class that like this testing stuff by my CSS queries like please stop
2: yeah. It's interesting. I'm actually teaching somebody at my new company, Pathai. I have a co- we're, we have a co-op program and I'm teaching somebody the query priority order of like what you should prefer when you're trying to find elements and teaching somebody, you know, think like a user, find elements like a user and th- and I'm introducing them for the first time to a testing library and that page I mentioned. And I don't know, it's it's exciting like having left Cyprus where everybody just knows this stuff off the top of yeah, their head.
1: It's just ingrained like yeah. table stakes.
2: Yeah, and and this person I'm teaching is going through a master's CS program. Like they're, they're pretty far along in their journey, and getting to actually work with newer developers and teach them is really rewarding.
1: It's so sad. Uh, the people that I know that are in grad school for CS degrees do not get this sort of knowledge that we talk about here at this table, that you talk about, that we talk about at this conference. It's like fundamentally two different worlds. Absolutely. Um, so do they, do they get like this? They're like, we would never cover this in class. Like People in my class have no idea that this even exists.
2: Yeah, that they're even concerns that you would spend time on. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's like two totally different industries of like CS degrees and like I work in the real world building apps and applications and users and testings and deployments and, and migrations and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: engineering versus science. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, with the VEET testing, um, when you're migrating over, you said it was pretty one-to-one. Has it been helpful so that, like you do VEET and then you do VEET testing and then Have you gone 273? Have you like, boop, boop, boop? Are you done now? Is it in the rear view mirror?
2: We're getting everybody over to 27. And I have a really cool thing I need to write a blog post about, which I don't trust myself, so I'll talk about it here really quick. I was going
1: to say, so you're (laughs) going to write a blog post. So now that you've committed to it on the show, we will hold you to account for it.
2: I have also been committed by my company because I put it on my personal, I put it on my personal repo and they're like, that's fine because I work in med tech and they, Open source is an exciting new thing for, for med them. tech. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I put it on my personal repo and they were like, that's okay. As long as you write a blog post. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So what I, what I built for Path AI is a view 2.7 view three backwards compatible component library and template so it takes the compilers for the Vue SFC compiler we talked about, mm-hmm. and it takes the compilers for you know, Vue uh, 2, Vue 3 and beyond. There are small differences. And it runs Vite and ESLint rules and TS config for each different compiler set. And so you publish two versions of your library on the same code. So it symlinks between Vue 2 and Vue 3 code. And so all of your linter rules, make sure that you're not writing anything that isn't back, that isn't forwards or backwards compatible. Oh, okay. Yeah, and all of your TypeScript uh, generation is also forwards and backwards compatible. So projects that are going to be on Vue 2.7 that you don't wanna pay the cost to migrate, they can just stay there. And your design system or other shared libraries can move forward without any, without without fear any trouble. Of,
1: without bre- fear of breaking Backwards, so they can your two sevens can stay on the latest design implementations, and uh, and stay with those components without fear of like having to make the push to three, and be like we don't we're not going to go to three, but we really need to use your design system and your components and your things like we need to stay internally up to date, but not view up to three. Is that
2: yeah? Okay. So it gives people a longer timeline than trying to get every single team to push for three at the same time. It buys you a lot of time. It really buys us probably another 18 months. And so the project is called Petite, and it's based off of uh, Thorsten Lundberg or Linus Borg, his core team, view, his original design called View Bridge that he hasn't touched for a few months. And so I went ahead and I took that work. I got on the phone with him and I said, hello, I'm in this situation, what should we do? And he said, "I have this repository. It uses simlinks, and it publishes two separate packages: one for your View 2 users, one for your View 3 users, and View 3 and beyond. Take it, do what you will. I took Cypress component testing, pointed it at uh, the View 3 and View 2 packages, so you can quickly test." And that's the, really the hardest thing, is testing your components against Are they the both same? environments. the <laughs> same? Yeah. Yeah. So am I, bra- am I introducing any backwards compatible issues? And Jest would never catch that because Jest is a completely separate t- transformer. So having something like vTest, which it also has, and having something like Cypress, which also reads your config, that's so clutch. And it's the only thing, I think, that, that exists like that. And it's the only thing that can handle Vue SFC files, so I think it'll be good. I think it'll be pretty popular, and it's a lifesaver for us internally. Uh, We'll open source our component library once it has a few more components in it, and it will be the only Vue 2.7, Vue 3 plus component library. Foot
1: in both. So as as an industry, is like the idea for the industry to stay. Is this like a Python 2, Python 3? Like we made the the joke I think before we, we started about AngularJS to Angular. Like, is this um, a, like a tectonic shift for the Vue community? I'm not in that community, so like, yeah, is it?
2: It's not really. There are very few breaking changes. I think it's just for people who have a lot of depths. So internal depths that rely on library code that's been compiled. So like single file components, SFCs for short. So if you have a design system that's built on a lot of those, and you have another middle layer that has a lot of single file components, like a shared library, maybe, and then you have n number of user applications. So for enterprise level, it can be a little daunting. Especially if you've maybe not been aware that there are breaking changes coming down the pipeline. For anybody that's worked with Vue, it's not it's not super daunting for a single repository. Okay. Yeah. In my experience, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really great. Though I think uh, it's um, you know what what I I feel like the community is craving and keeps talking about again is it's you know some of the the view blog posts that we have on the on this not media are like incredibly wow. popular the uh, the YouTube content that we produce for education because people are just so hungry for mm-hmm. more content more best practices, like, more conversations around, like, how enterprises are doing this. And, you know, um, in talking to a few enterprise clients who are using Vue, yeah, there is this sort of, like, fear of migrating or, like, oh, well, let's let's wait a little bit. And, you know, should we, should we not? Um, I think uh, there's a little less apprehension. I, I felt like there was a little more apprehension probably, like, a year or so ago. I don't know. Time just... Time just it's a flat melts circle. Melts all together. Yeah, it's like <laughs> melts all together for me. But you know, a while back. <laughs> but um, you know, with with uh, View Toronto and ViewConf US coming up next year, just like conferences getting like what? Time is a flat <laughs> circle. View Toronto uh, yeah. just happened. Yes, yes, yes. And then <laughs> ViewConf, was it called? ViewConf US. It's called ViewConf US, right?
2: ViewConf US was it's like, June last June.
0: But then there's like another one in there's April next, oh, next, next year.
2: That's going to be View London, and that's I think May.
0: Oh, there's ViewConf view US too.
2: I, are they doing April?
0: I, I don't know.
2: I don't know. Who knows?
0: February maybe.
2: Something. February's View Amsterdam. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know
0: we gotta talk to Pratik because I can't remember which date he said. But anyways, regardless, <laughs> like I think just um, these conferences and more talks around you know best practices in View, especially with the migrations. Is uh, is so valuable to the community, so, and that that's really the thing that helps uh, the the adoption, right? I, uh, you know, we were recently just really talking on, on <laughs> another another podcast about like GraphQL and the ecosystem, and you see React and the ecosystem, and and you know, it's it's interesting because it's it's not the technology that matters as much as the ecosystem around it for the adoption.
2: Hundred percent. Yes. Hundred percent. I. What is the like? Yearly JS survey. Yeah. Oh, State of JS. Thank you. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so State of JS had a really interesting section this year about how people make decisions on tools. Mm-hmm. Do you follow the creators? Do you follow the community? Do you follow the size of the ecosystem? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How old is the tool? How big is the user base? Mm-hmm. And they had a decision graph with each one of these things, and you had to, like, choose one of them. And, like <laughs> Only <interesting>. one. <laughs> Only one. And then at the end, it was like, come oh, oh man, Like for me, I follow the ecosystem. And so the reason that I am still, despite the struggle of trying to migrate so many repositories to Vue 3 from Vue 2.6, Mm -hmm. the reason I am still bought into Vue is because of the future and the ecosystem around it. Mm And honestly, I trust the core maintainers of Vue quite a lot. So the work that's interesting that's happening in Vue right now is around Vite and the Vite ecosystem plus mm-hmm, Vue mm-hmm. and nux 3. Mm-hmm. That those are the things that are incredibly interesting in the Vue landscape. For example, my talk at Connect Tech is. I should have called it a love story between Jessica and View Use, but I didn't think that would get accepted.
1: <laughs> That's a fantastic title. A there's,
2: there's time to change it, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't have any physical printouts, so you could just change it and be like, Jessica Sachs's love story with view use um, But the support for... Icons without write, without importing a single SVG on your own, just two npm installs, and all of a sudden you have CSS only icons on spans. It's remarkable the ecosystem that's been created around Vite and Vue mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was natural that as soon as Evan released the zero version of Vite, he sent it internal first to the Vue community, said please play with this, and so everybody came over, started building Vite plugins. And that's really why I'm sticking with Vue mm-hmm. through the struggle.
0: And I'm just loving seeing the Vue the ecosystem really be adopted. I mean, just looking at all the open source maintainers, just starting to use Vue is, 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 is kind of magical, actually. Like, just to see, like, the, whoa, <laughs> something's catching on. Like, I mean, I remember when Webpack came on, right? And everybody's like, we're moving everything to Webpack. And then it's just like, man, that was a... That was an interesting journey. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll say <laughs> it was a
1: shift. It was a shift from years because we were yeah. doing um, gulp and grunt bundle like yeah. concatenations, yeah. and now all of a sudden there's this like like smart bundling system that came yeah. into place, and now we've got Beat that's doing it in like in real time and giving us the speed. The speed is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jessica, yeah. what do you think is next for Vue or Vite or just like that ecosystem generally?
2: So for Vue, I think we're going to try for stability mm-hmm. and more compiler macros. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of motion inside of volar Personally, I'm excited for things like define model which allows for backwards compatible V model support. That's, I'm, I'm pushing backwards compatible everything because I'm writing this universal design mm-hmm. system. I love right? it,
0: love so it. So
2: I'm, I'm really pushing on that. I'm also excited though, for just slowing down the pace a little bit and then focusing on different compilation strategies. I think, I'm not sure if Evan's still on this, but he teased View Vapor, which is a solid JS inspired compilation strategy. Nice. I don't know where he is with that, if he's still, hungry for it but i think i see stability in the future i see more investment in v test in the mm-hmm. future that community is extremely hungry yeah yeah that that community is extremely hungry they're not weighed down they're they're pre 1.0 mm-hmm. they're not weighed down like other projects are
0: yeah. it's like uh we i i was at VConf doing a panel with the core team and and Evans like yeah you know that was a fun ride and with for and then you know now people are using it so uh, we're just trying to trying to make it stable trying try <laughs> not to, to break anything every, yeah. can't, can't really break anything anymore people yeah. people are actually <laughs> using it
1: <Yeah. laughs> so, and people should be using it the yeah. idea that like cuz we were talking about just a little bit ago that it has a separate compilation than my app absolutely maddening like the yes. the, the disconnect there I, I cannot believe it it's still like that exists in my application that I'm like, oh, I have to rewrite my app for Jest to. I have to like build this bespoke, like box for my <laughs> Jest to live in, and with beat and beat test, like it just it just slides over, and it's just so like it takes away so much, uh, like, like so much friction. It's just. Um, I enjoyed. It's
2: like you're at the spa. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs>
1: got my facial stuff on, my cucumbers.
2: That, back, to the, um, back to the testing world really quickly. One of the architecture goals I had for Cypress component testing was to work with any bundler. And if you are in a position where your webpack configuration is too gnarly, that is an option that works on the same ethos. And it's why I'm so bullish on V Test is because we follow the same ethos. We'll consume Cypress component testing. We'll consume your Webpack config, your Next config, it works with Angular, it works with anything you throw at it. It will launch your dev server just like you do in dev mode, and it will render your components and run tests. It is not fast, but it is true to your compiler and your bundler. And that was a huge architecture goal for me when I built it. At Cypress, and I am ecstatic that VTest is championing the same ethos. So, if you're stuck, if you really want to get to VT, but you can't, there are reasons for that um, that I could go on forever about. I, it's a challenge, but if you're stuck on stuck on Webpack for whatever reason, you can always use Cypress component testing to bridge the gap and get off of Jest. Um, it's a good supplement. So I'm. I'm very proud of uh, the community for moving in that direction because having very custom non-standard rules and transformers with Jest, it was great at the time. It was great at the time. I have a blog post I've never published that goes back to the first commit of Jest and what they said in their docs about the, the pros and cons of Jest at the time and they were so excited. About the module transforms that they introduced, and it worked for years. It worked for years, and so in that in that way, I think it was a success. But I think we can do better.
1: Yeah, I think it, like I, you know, I just finished complaining about it, but it is important to have that sort of modular transformations as a stepping stone to understanding what we really needed. Like I wouldn't know any better if just wasn't there. So in that respect, it has done an enormous amount of work to build on their shoulders of that idea and sort of bring that back. That's a good point.
0: Well, cool. Any last words or parting thoughts?
2: (laughs) I would say I'm just really excited to see everybody again in person. Yes, I'm excited to see all the talks and... I'm really stoked to finally meet you, Tracy. This is like <laughs> this is the nth event that I mean, we've, we've done like, together. literally
0: talked, yeah, like forever on the internet. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so thank
2: you for having me on the show. Yeah. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Thank you for coming. Good luck at your talk. I know it's gonna be amazing later today.
2: Yeah, two thirty. Cool. it'll be good. It'll be the second time I'm giving it, but It's the same talk I gave at Vue Toronto, but 30 minutes longer, which means I actually get to do my live coding.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. yes.
1: (laughs) And you're not Um, nervous about that at all?
2: Never. I'm nervous when I can't live code. Really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how I used to be, and then I said, you know what? No more. No more. (laughs) No more live code. Well, just the practicing beforehand, you know, practice and practice oh, yeah. and practice in the backup.
1: Oh, yeah. We know we totally practice, right? You're
0: supposed to practice. <laughs> yeah. I practice. I think,
2: I think failing is part of the art. And the, <laughs> and the audience <laughs> enjoys the failure. Yeah. It feels real.
0: It's like you have, like, you know, however many people code reviewing you at once. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody, uh, make sure to follow Jessica on Twitter at underscore Jessica Sachs. She'll post all the things. Um, is Is that your GitHub as well? Or...
2: I can't remember if i have an under i don't have an underscore on github
0: so it's just yeah. github.com slash Sachs. and yeah. uh sounds like you have some really cool open source work that we should all check out too so
1: we're looking forward to the blog post about petite, petite. yes, yes. is it be.
0: p-e-t-i-t or i-t-e there's
2: an e at petite. the end it's not okay. it's not true to the french spelling i broke the convention but
1: <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't know the difference. So like naming is hard. Naming where is i going behind
2: the, Does it have an
1: inflection on it? Petite? Oh
2: God, no. Okay, then no, no, totally no. it's totally fine. That would not be
0: searchable <laughs> Now is it called petite? Oh, oh god really? <laughs> Get out! Get out! <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for being here, and uh, we hope to see you soon. This podcast is sponsored by Labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T H I S D O T dot co slash labs. all of your and you. Yay, query. Yay, query. Shout it. Yay, yay we now show for you